This fall, we will explore a sermon series entitled Finding Fullness and Wholeness as a Family of Faith, with a particular focus this morning on envisioning a filled future. Did you hear verse 18 of our Proverbs text that Melanie read for us? Where there is no vision, the people perish. Listen to how Eugene Peterson captures it in the message, which is his wonderful paraphrase of the scriptures. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. You've probably heard it said that knowing where you are is not important if you don't know where you are going. It is true in life, and whoever coined that phrase probably gleaned it from the writer of Proverbs, where there is no vision, the people perish. Whenever we say a situation or person is hopeless, we are slamming the door on the future, and frankly, we are slamming it in the face of God. Oxygen is to our lungs what hope is for the meaning of human life. Take oxygen away and and death occurs in a matter of time. Take hope away and humanity is constricted through a lack of spiritual breath. Charlie Brown and Linus are at the philosophical wall. And Charlie says, this has been a bad time for me. Maybe if I'm lucky, tomorrow will be a better day. To which Linus responds, in some parts of the world, tomorrow is already today, and today is yesterday. If tomorrow is already today, Charlie Brown, there's no way that tomorrow can be a better day. To which Charlie Brown shrugs and says, you're a lot of fun to have around. You know, people who are not hopeful usually aren't a lot of fun to be around. Hope gives energy, and hope gives life. But let's be real honest. There isn't one of us listening who hasn't at some time felt hopeless about ourselves, about our circumstances, or about the future. Truth be told, there have been times for each of us when hope has been in very short supply. And when that's the case, the future looks grim and and dismal, and our zest for living is zapped. Yes, Hope gives energy. Hope gives life. Hope has a sense of looking forward and looking up. A young man once found a $2 bill on the sidewalk, and from that time on, he never lifted his eyes from the ground while walking. So in 40 years, he accumulated 1,516 buttons, 4,172 pennies, 2,643 nickels, 1,027 dimes, 789 quarters, a bent back, and a miserable disposition. He lost the smiles of his friends, the beauties of nature, and an opportunity to serve others. That may seem silly, but there are people who find a few practical truisms early on in life, and they never look beyond the practical and the real to the hopeful. Many people want to just tell it like it is, buddy. My sense is, we have enough people who tell it like it is. We need a sense of how it can be. Because as as Mark Twain put it, the future ain't what it used to be. You see, when there is no faith in the future, there is no power in the present.
There are many writers and theologians who are very uh, concerned with the future of the church as we know it. And we, too, need to be concerned about the trajectory of the mainline church and the future of our church. None of us know what the impact of the pandemic will be on the church long term. Personally, I'm not optimistic. But I am hopeful. Realism demands pessimism. But hope, hope demands that from time to time we take a dim view of the present because we hold a bright view of the future. And hope can arouse a passion for what God deems possible. With us, many things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. Without a vision, the people perish. There's a reason I keep lifting up that one line of scripture. A vision. The people. It's not just your opinions and thoughts about the way things should be, nor is it mine. That is a personal perspective. And when that's all there is, things usually get messed up and stuck. The writer of Proverbs is saying, one unified vision for one people. And who are the people? It is the people of God, us, with a clear and unified vision, we can be finding greater fullness and wholeness as a family of faith. Listen again to our Romans text as paraphrased in The Message by Eugene Peterson. That's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. Everything in creation is being more or less held back. God reigns it in until both creation and all the creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into the glorious times ahead. Meanwhile, the joyful anticipation deepens. All around us, we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it is not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why the waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. This is the hope the Apostle Paul is talking about. And there's a mystery when it comes to embracing the future. Because on the one hand, we have a responsibility for finding fullness and wholeness. And we have to trust that we do not control it. For God, too, has a part in the finding and in the future. But hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. You see, it's a strange mixture, this, this vision and hoping, this waiting and perseverance. Here's how Laura Jean Mashrick blends our responsibility with the hope of God's expectancy in a prayer. What does the future hold? This bothers me sometimes, God, but it's exciting too. 
the possibilities for good and bad both seem infinite. I would thank you, God, for this creation, for the fact that I'm here in the midst of it, whatever happens. Help me to remember that you are the creator and giver of all gifts. And as each day passes, as the future races into the present, may I see you in the future as in the past. May I, in faith and hope, act, work, and live to help things happen, not just wait for them. Amen. There are various responses to the future. We can, we can resist it. We can criticize things in the present, wanting to hold back the future. We can go along uncritically, sort of by default, and with a certain amount of detachment. Or we can help invent the future and fill it with what God would want. From the Eastern tradition comes a parable of a man who went out with buckets to remove a mountain that was in the way. He would not live, he would not live to see it move, nor would his children, nor even his children's children. Still, one day the task would be complete, and they all, generation after generation, would have had a part in it. Now, I want you to turn that image around. And think of each of us in our church family bringing our bucket of faith to help build the future. Just imagine how filled our future might be. Without a vision, the people perish. And with a vision, the people flourish. We begin to find fulfillment when we help ourselves and others and our combined ideas grow. Theologian Christoph Blumhardt shares this insight. Christians should take an objective view of the times. Instead, instead they want to experience everything subjectively within themselves and enjoy inner beatitude. Yet, these feelings have no permanency, and so they become disappointing. But when we have our eye on a better future for humankind, Then we gain a festival of the heart. A great confidence gives us strength for difficult times. When our eye catches a vision of a better future, we gain a festival of the heart. And yes, a great confidence gives us strength for difficult times. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. Envisioning a filled future. What will the next chapter for our family of faith be? Will we bicker and argue from places of personal perspective, pride, and ego? Or will we look to expand the discernment and sharing of gifts so that we can unleash a fuller expression of Christ's ministry among and through us. If we choose the latter, with God's help, together we will find greater fullness and wholeness with more opportunities for all of us to live out our caring and sharing through our time, talent, and treasure in meaningful, faithful, and helpful ways. 
We look to grow and expand our congregation, reaching out for those who do not currently have a church home. And over time, as we can open up more and more in safe and healthy ways, we hope to grow our our youth ministry, our, our ministry teams, our music ministry, and our outreach. We hope to deepen and expand our faith formation for all ages, which can ignite discipleship. We seek to enrich our lives such that we are eager to learn and worship and serve. Through our website and and many other ways, we, we seek to adapt and change to the changing needs of our increasing membership and to a changing world. Again, over time, we hope to have more and more chaos, confusion, and noise around here because we have more and more young children. We look to invite more and more people into our church family. We seek to be more welcoming and accepting, to be warmer and and more embracive such that there is a contagion of extravagant hospitality here. Envisioning a filled future. No vision and you perish. No idea and you're lost. Your heart must ever cherish some faith at any cost. Some hope, some dream to cling to, some rainbow in the sky some melody to sing to, some service that is high. Envisioning. Envisioning a filled future. Without a vision, the people perish. And with a vision, the people flourish. We hope for what we do not see yet, and will wait eagerly with perseverance. The longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy. Envisioning a filled future with God and as one people of God. May it be so now and into all our futures. Amen.